0: Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Right, so we've been talking about coming under the umbrella, and uh, my dad's happy I didn't ask him for the umbrella this week. I found one in the church. Um... We've been talking about coming under God's authority and how God has actually put authority on the earth. We learned about how Jesus actually came under the authority of man. Interestingly enough, he came under the local authorities. He encouraged us to do the same, but he also ultimately came under the authority of his father. We talked about the tension last week about how we're called to live at peace with people. And a norm is to come under the authority of our government, but there is an exception. And ultimately, we come under God's authority. And so, there is a line where, for instance, if you're living in Afghanistan and they don't want you to have church, do you stop having church? No, you have church. Uh, Or if you're in China, the church is exploding, and the line is crossed there too that the government doesn't want them to have a Christian church in operation. So, they go against the government in that situation because it goes against their faith, and it goes against what God has called us to. Amen? So, so we looked at that tension and that balance, and we are in the middle of that, and we have to discern the times. Um, We also looked at the Apostle Paul and how he uh, encouraged us in the middle of a a time where there was two of the greatest tyrants in leadership in the government. uh, He encouraged us to come under the authority of the government, which was confusing, but it shows you there's maybe something there's maybe something supernatural. There's maybe something that goes beyond our eyes that's in play here, and maybe Apostle Paul was, had revelation around something that we didn't, or maybe we don't. And so there's just there's, we just got to understand what the umbrella looks like and where, how we put it over our heads and how we take it off. So we're going to talk about the Word of God, the Bible. Okay. Usually I use um, a digital version, but today I'm going to use paperback version to make a few points. So the Word of God is used, that actual uh, statement is used thousands of times within the Bible. In the Old Testament alone, we see 4,000 times where the Word of God is used in the Bible, meaning what is written is actually the Word of God. We also see multiple, uh, multiple times mentioned in the New Testament also. So, thousands of times throughout the whole Scriptures, we hear this thing, that what is written here is the Word of the Lord or the Word of God, time and time after time. And so, we have to question, what do we think about it? Because listen, you could be sitting there today, and you've never really asked the question, and if you're really asking the question, you mightn't agree with what I just said. You might say, I like some of it, some of it's good, but some of it's just ancient. It's not 21st century. And so we need to talk about that today. So, so the question is, I have for myself, well, whose authority, or you might have, whose authority is our church under? It is, is it under the authority of CCI, Christian Churches Ireland? Is it under the authority of the local leadership in the church? Is it under the authority of Ark Ireland, is it under the authority of some of our visiting speakers or, or, or people who, have, who are sitting on the board? And the ultimate authority for our church is not elders, is not our board, is not CCI, is not Ark Ireland, the ultimate authority is the Bible. And so what that means is no matter what we think, I think, whatever opinion I have, whatever's comfortable for me in a situation, doesn't really matter, it's not my story to tell. Now I have a testimony, I have a story of how I came to faith. That's mine. But in regards to the authority of God and who set the structure up for the church and the world, that is God's role. that is his playbook. this is his playbook. And so we just we're not disputing that. We're not going to pick pieces. We're not going to mis- try and misinterpret anything to suit ourselves. We're just going to come under. The book. So, I'm going to wreck my hair here. And so, essentially, as a church, this is what we should look like, okay? We come under the authority of the Bible. Really, each of us, if we're followers of Christ, we should be walking around like this. Not literally. Please, don't be doing this. Don't be going to work and saying, you know, what did you learn at the weekend? Well, I had to do this. The pastor said, we got to put, you know, the Bible in our head and come under the authority. No, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Word getting into our hearts and our our belief systems, and that's what navigates our life, and that's what protects our life, like an umbrella. We put it over us because when it's over us, then sin comes beneath us. The power of sin, the influence of sin, the patterns of sin, then we step over. Whereas when we take the authority of Scripture off of us, then what happens is sin is now over us. It now has unleashed power, unleashed strength, unleashed uh, confusion over us, and we're sitting in a situation where dark. It's harder than it should have been. It's more confusing than it should have been. And and sometimes the hardest part is just to submit, to come under the authority, because it doesn't always make sense in our heads. Are you with me? Good. So, some people deny the Bible, just flat out. I just, I'm not with it. I don't agree to it. I, I don't submit to it. It's just not for me. Some people distort the Bible, and that's where we get false religions. That's where we get all kinds of breakaway religions and, uh, you know, Mormonism and, and, and just people had a vision and m- in the Muslim faith, a lot of it stems from, this, from the first five books of the Bible, but it gets distorted. And they go down a different road. And, and so therefore, they're not under the authority of the whole Scripture any longer. They, they took the five, first five books. Actually, in, in the Muslim faith, they actually believe in Abraham, the same Abraham we believe in. But it, it takes a different road. It gets distorted. Where Ishmael came into play, and that's where we the Is- Ishmael and, and Islam kind of takes its road. And some people dissect the Bible, they just pick pieces. I like that part. I'll take that part. I like that. Yes, that's nice. Take that promise over there. Take that blessing over there. Oh, that's nice. That makes me feel good. I'm going to take that verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, I know the plans. Oh, come on. Somebody in here has got it on their Instagram bio Jeremiah 2011. I like that wee part. I'm just going to take that part, and that's the only scripture I'm going to read for the next 10 years. And so there's a problem with that because it's not the whole council, it's not the whole story. It might be energy for you, it might be exciting for you. it might give you a little spring in your step, but it doesn't protect you from lies, because it's only a part, it's only a verse. But often our biggest struggle is disregarding the Bible. So some of us, we know the Bible, just not for me. I like this part, I don't like that. So I want to talk about some things, and it might, you might feel a little bit sensitive today, and that's normal, and that's good. It means we're hitting the spot. We're hitting you, maybe where it's a little bit sensitive. There's maybe areas, have you ever noticed when somebody hits you, not literally hits you, but talks about something, maybe an insecurity that you kick up? That you maybe want to bite back or throw coffee out over someone, or you, you know, you ever get that feeling of like, oh, it's just a feeling, but but I, I reacted really raw. Like I, there was hate in me there for a second because of what they just mentioned or said. It could be a wound in your past, but it could also be a belief that you have that you don't like what they said, and it conflicts, and, and there's something going on, and so. want to talk about the Bible for just a second and maybe some of the things that we would read in the Bible. And before we go any further, I'm just going to pray. It's always good to pray. So this message is called Pages Torn. God, I just pray and thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your holy word. I thank you. It's not here to hurt. It's not here to just manipulate or control. It's here to help us and to free us from the burden of sin, to restore us into our our original purpose that you had for us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. And so let's look at the Bible. This is what some of us have been doing with the Bible. So let's, I'm just going to read through the Bible. Let's find a few scriptures here. I'll just Randomly, look right here's a scripture here. Flee from sexual immorality. Ah, oh, no chance. Flee from sexual immorality. There's no chance. Don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. Ridiculous. I shall not covet. Silly. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Get a grip. I don't like that part. I going to disregard that. If you look at a woman with lust, you have committed adultery. Extreme. A wee bit extreme. Wives submit to your husband's <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Love your wife as Christ has loved the church, like laid on your life. <laughs> Not today. And so some of you are deeply offended right now because I just ripped the Bible. You're, you're, you're blown away. But you're not as offended when you disregard in the same way the parts of the Bible in your life. In other words, you're ripping parts of the Bible as you live because this Bible is useless unless it's applied. This word is dead unless you come under its authority. And so today, we've torn apart some pages in our life, in our beliefs, in God's ways, and I'm wondering if we could put them back into your book, into your story. I'm wondering if we could take back the pieces that we have ripped out, and we could restore our beliefs. Why? So that we can come under the full protection, God's full protection, so that actual promises can come to pass, so that we can actually see God moving. By the way, for those of you who are still distracted that have ripped the Bible, it was the index. Okay? So lay off me for a second. Concentrate. I need you to receive the Word. And so listen, Watch. Because so many else we have our own versions of the Bible which cause a perversion. It's perverted. It's not truth. And it won't give you results. It can't. Because it's only what the Bible said the truth sets you free. Not it doesn't say part truth sets you sometimes free. It just says truth in all its fullness. So for truth, we need all the Bibles. We need all the pages. We need the pages to be put back in that we have ripped out. Can you get an amen? amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 28 and 9, it says, If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. What does that mean? If I disregard parts of the Bible I do not like or I'm not comfortable with, your prayers are detestable. Why? You don't have the full truth. It's just part, a little bit. What feels nice, Jeremiah twenty I'll go with that. But there's no challenge, and this is why in the church, or this is why in your life, when you don't feel alive, you don't feel fit spiritually, this is why God's promises aren't coming to pass, this is why you feel confused, potentially. This is why you're, you're not spiritually alert, or, or you don't see things, or the gifts of the Spirit aren't being unlocked in our lives. because we don't have the full truth. See, I don't know about you, but I've done this before. Some of us, we use prayer as a form of rebellion. <laughs> what, how do you mean? So a form, that's a bit extreme, form of rebellion. How do you pray and rebel at the same time? Have you ever noticed that sometimes our prayers aren't always Bible-based prayers? Are, are they fluffy prayers? or they just, God, I pray for a good day today? There's nothing wrong with that. There's just a little bit light. It's a little bit like surface. It's very hard to change if that's all you're doing. If you're not asking God to search my heart, listen. God, move in me. Show me where I need to bring things into line, into order. So here's an example. Lord, please bless our family. I'm sure there's a few people in here have prayed that. Lord, please bless my family. It's a great prayer. But then, you're not committed to Christian community, meaning you never talk to anybody else about the Scriptures, about what God's doing in your life. You're, you're not in a group where you can actually grow in the same way you're not in a gym to get physically fit. You're not, there's no area in your life where you have space to sparsely grow. For people to tell you uh, maybe their side of a story or their side of interpretation of scripture to bring it into balance, but but Lord bless our family. You're not committing your family to the Lord and His, his house. To see the church is God's plan. It's not my plan. It's not any leaders and here's plans. No pastor, uh, uh, just in in Northern Ireland or in the UK or around the world, came up with this good idea. Let's have church. It was God's plan. And so if we're not committed to God's way, how can we expect God, Lord, bless my family? Jesus came to serve and not be served, but we don't serve, but Lord, bless my family. We're not committed. See, the gifts, the the, the church is a body of people with different gifts, different qualities, different talents, and to come alive and meet your full potential, it looks like serving. Lord bless my family, but I'm not going to teach them how to serve. I'm not going to lead them in service. I'm not going to show them how to serve. Uh, it's a I just what's comfortable for me. I like to, I like to do other things, you know. Sports more important than than really you know, church is not as beneficial. Or or holidays, I love going on holidays. So so you know, that's the priority. Or I love just hanging out with friends. That's the priority. And so what can happen very quickly is. We're praying for God to bless us, but 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 God, I, I just do it my way. We're ripping parts of the Bible. God, bless me in my finances. Give me peace. Give me provision. Give me a heart of generosity, but we don't tithe, but we don't give offerings. I don't like that part. That's uncomfortable. I don't. Li- I'm not at that level. I just want to slip in and slip out. God bless my family, but you won't lay your life down for your wife like Christ laid his life down for the church. But you still want God to bless your family. But, and God has given us what we need to know in order to bless your family. But I don't like that part. I've ripped that out. You're not submitting to your husband. Oh, that's, that's ancient. That's archaic law or rules. or What, what, what is that about? And we'll talk a little bit more about that because sometimes we can get the wrong end of the stick on that too. But it's there and we have to face it and we have to face the music and it's there to bless your family. It's not there to hurt. It's there to bring fruition. It's there to, to, to inspire. It's there to, to protect. It's there to help. Can you get an amen? amen? Kids, they're all out of here, but if kids aren't obeying their parents, you can't expect God to bless your life. You are forgiven forgiving each, each other as Christ forgive you. One of the hardest things to do is to forgive someone, but when you get the revelation that Christ forgave you, then it gives you the license and it gives you the reason to actually forgive someone else, because you didn't deserve it, and neither did that person. But because you were freely given, you, you freely give. But if you're not going to do that, and you're going to rehearse the pain, you're going to rehearse how they let you down, Instead of just letting it go and doing what the Scripture says, forgive, well then, God bless my family, but I'm not willing to forgive. You're being disobedient to Scripture, and and you're blocking God's blessing. Positionally, you're outside of the umbrella. God bless my family, but I'm not willing to put it up. God bless my family, but I'm not willing to forgive. Forgive. God bless my family, but I'm not willing to do things your way. And then we're sitting there confused in the darkness, wondering why God doesn't work. God doesn't, isn't blessing me. You know, His Bible isn't true. See, we need to get under what God has over us so we can get over what God has under us. We'll say it again. We need to get under those things God has put over us so that we can get over those things God has put beneath us. There's only one way, there's no two ways. There's only one way. Here's another stupid prayer. (laughs) You never thought you would hear that in church. Talking about stupid. What are we talking about in church today? Stupid prayers. Here's another stupid prayer God sent me a godly husband or wife. But you're dating somebody who doesn't even believe in God or come under His authority. God, just magically turn this guy or this girl into a perfect person. Maybe when we get married, He'll turn into the perfect person. Has that worked for anyone? Has that worked for any? (laughs) If He's not under authority, He's not going to want to grow or she's not going to want to grow into that Christ-likeness. God... um, or, or maybe you're, you're dating someone who is unequally yoked, meaning they're not going the same direction as you. So you're going two different directions, two different. If there's two different visions, there's division. Two visions, two directions, two paths. Or maybe there's sex outside of marriage. God bless my relationship. To give me the, a great godly husband or godly wife. but, but you're training yourself for disobedience and you're training yourself for the umbrella off rather than the umbrella on. One thing I've learned in my short time on this earth is slow and steady always wins. Slow and steady. Grass grows slow and steady. I've been watching it every day. I'm just taking those weeds out one at a time, but I have to be slow and steady. Relationships are formed healthy relationships, friendships, slow and steady. Your wounds are healed through believing the truth about what the Bible says about forgiveness, things in your past through slow and steady. What does that mean? Faithfully forgiving every day. People are activated and become spiritually fit and hot through slow and steady by reading the Bible continually, by being, being involved in Christian community continually, by praying continually. How do you get physically fit? Continually working out, eating correctly. How do you lose weight? Continually, not just for one week. In, in January, getting excited about a diet and starving yourself until near death, and then you just hate the whole idea of a diet because it just looks like death. Slow and steady. So the question is: were or maybe you saying some stupid prayers? You're praying for something, but you're not following what you already know. You've ripped the Bible apart, dissected it, disregarded parts, and so there's no blessing. There's no progress. You want to get fit, but you go to the gym and you just talk. That's me. <laughs> But there's a sense of feeling I'm fit because I was at the gym and, you know, seeing people sweating, so, like, that was a good workout. I burnt, like, 30 calories, but it was good. That's, honestly, that, that's what we do. And then we're wondering why there's no results. We're, we're frustrated, why they're all growing and they're getting all healthy and they're all fired up, but it's not working for me. Something must be wrong with God or the Bible. It's just not right. Maybe I'll look elsewhere. It says in Jeremiah 31, Verses three, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. You see, the Bible essentially is a love letter. It's not here to hurt us. It's here to help us. It's not here to destroy us. There's some hard truths in it. There's some things that we have to listen to and have to look at which are hard to deal with. Absolutely, our flesh kicks up, our pride kicks up. We know better, but if you want results, we've got to come under. We will never reach our full potential until we do things God's way. Now, God's love is tough, and it's also tender. It's the same way we have to do it with the kids' ministry, or the youth ministry. We've got to be tough and tender. It's the same way you've got to do it with relationships, maybe, in work. If something's not being done right, we've got to bring the hard truth. Hey, that wasn't so... you're better than that. It's going to hurt, but it produces fruit and brings change, healthy change, better change. See, I I love this. Once we obey what is known, God reveals the unknown. Some of you would love to to experience some of the spiritual gifts and, and go deeper with God and have a sense of maybe God doing something more than just Something in your mind, something deeper, something richer, something more heartfelt. But what holds us back from getting to those places is what we already know. The Bible is very clearly, it's written. It's not going anywhere. It's here. There's a bunch of stuff that we've been disregarding, and the stuff that we're disregarding is what is holding us back. It's causing us to be blinded. It's causing us to become confused. It's causing us to halt. Progress has halted. Where in your life right now has progress halted? Maybe you could question yourself, is there anywhere in this situation that I know what the Bible clearly says, but I'm not doing? Is there anywhere where, where, where I have taken the umbrella off and I can't see? Have you ever, I used to live in Florida and they used to have tropical storms. And when there's a tropical storm, even when you're driving or you're walking, it gets so heavy you can barely see out the, out, the, out the window. You literally cannot see a thing, especially when you're outside and it's all in your, your eyes and, you know, your jails coming down and everything's a mess and you, you nearly have to stop because I don't know where to go. But I know I would get a better sense of direction if I was to put the umbrella over my head because... It's giving me relief. It's shedding light on my path, right? I can see the path. I'm not focusing on trying to wipe away the rain from my eyes. I'm not, I'm not focusing on, on just trying to see. I can now see uh, enough in front of me to take steps, to move forward. And that's a bit like the Scripture. God, God has called us to follow the Scriptures to give us enough sight to see the next step. But some of us are, are so bogged down with, with not being protected from the elements, from the world, from, from wrong thinking, from being attached to the news too much on YouTube and all that stuff, that what happens is we just can't see. And so we, we can't see, now we can't move, now we don't know what to do, we're frustrated, now Anxiety's starting to kick itself up, and we're stuck, and it's hard. And it's hard to trust God in those moments because we're blinded. I would say it's impossible. The Bible says in Psalm 119 Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. So when we come under, it creates light, just enough to get us to the next stage of our life or the next step in our life or the next step in that day, just enough to give us clarity in our mind, in our soul, in our spirit, to bring peace to the situation, right? I can now see where I need to go. And as I walk, I can see more. Even though the the rain is pouring, I can see enough to get me forward. I I can see enough when the the window wipers are moving. I can see enough to to where the middle of the road is and where the next sign is. I can see enough to just get me forward. And that's the way God has called us to live, not to worry about tomorrow, Focus on what's in front of us and take the next step, amen. See, the Bible is supposed to be like a lunch. Well, who likes lunch? You're in work, been in from nine o'clock or whatever it is, and what's your next target? You have had your breakfast. Next target is what? Lunch. If I can get to twelve thirty, we're in the home straight. The hump, hump in the road. If I can get to twelve thirty, boys and sailing from there. And see, the Bible is supposed to be lunch. We're supposed to eat it, consume it spiritually. It says in Jeremiah 15 and 16, when the words came, I ate them. Now, I don't want to see people going around. We're talking spiritually here. When the words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. See, we're the kind of church that's a diet and exercise type of church. We actually have exercise for the ladies on a Tuesday night every other week. Join in, ladies. No man showing up, please. We're that an exercise type of church. Well, what, do you, what do you mean, Phil? I mean, we're the kind of church that we're not just looking to learn about the book of Revelation. Oh, I need more feeding. I need more food. I'm not being fed there. We're the kind of church that wants to bring revelation to people and to the earth. We don't just learn about it. We want to be it. We don't want to just learn about the good Samaritan. We want to teach people to be the good Samaritan. We, we don't want to just hate, learn about Joseph and his dreams and how he rose to prominence. We want people to receive dreams and to fulfill them and rise to prominence in a culture that needs a voice. We're not the kind of church where you just sit and get fed and go to the remore and go to every level 52 times a year. I was there last night. It was really good. <laughs> that we dessert platter. Oh, I'd I'd stand. You eat for vitality. You eat so that you can step into the call of God. The Bible says that the righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. We're called to step in. We don't just eat food just for the sake of consuming. We don't just come to church for the sake of consuming and just give me something to tickle my ears, give me something to excite me today, for the week. No, no, we eat to function. We eat to move into. We pray to hear from God and then respond to God. We give to see God move in our community, in our lives. We submit ourselves under God's authority, not just for the sake of doing it, but because we want His protection because we're about to go into war. We're about to fight for our kids, fight for our family, fight for the next generation. And we're going to need some protection because we are vulnerable. And we're not going to need just parts of the Bible. We're going to need it all. We can't just wear the belt of truth without the shield of faith. We're going to need the full thing. This isn't about God trying to dominate us or trying to resist the fun times. No, life's actually more fun when you're in, in God's way. God's actually more life's actually more exciting when you do things God's way. You don't have to worry about all the drama and all the gossip and all the, all the stuff that actually... We can get addicted to, but it's stressful. It's dysfunctional. It hurts you in the long run. It, it actually expands the wounds. You like to talk about the wounds, rehearse the wounds. When God said, "No, put it to bed, forgive." I, I want you to forgive those who hurt you. Why? So you don't have to keep talking about it. Because I got work for you to do. You see, what I realize is when I'm talking about wounds and hurt and, and and how people let me down. You know what? You know what it does to me. It steals my energy from the food that I eat. I'm using my energy to talk about past things, and the gifts and the talents that God has given me, are not in, they're not being used, because I'm too busy being distra- distracted. Whereas if I would just take, instead of disregarding that, forgive others, instead of repaying with evil, repay with good, if, if I actually took that and applied it, the wounds would be gone. Did you know that the wounds that we experience and have are are completely connected to how much you believe? That should hurt you. I've said this before. If Dylan comes to me and says, Phil, you're, you're so ugly. Phil, you're absolutely minging. You smell. You're rotten. State of you. Some people do talk like that. Some in banter, some are serious. But if, if I actually looked at Dylan and said, oh my word, I respect Dylan, and he means that. Oh my goodness. I'm hurt. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now, I will still be talking about Dylan. Dylan will be laddie down around, around the street, not, not occurring in the world. He will not have thought about it twice, probably. But I'm still talking about Dylan. He's still in my mind. But if I say, if I don't... <laughs> If Dylan's my authority, and, and that's what happens, but if I put God as my authority, and say, listen, Dylan, you don't, you don't have the right son to tell me who I am. You did not create me. You did not make me. My identity is not found in Dylan. You're a good lad. I like you. But my identity is not found in you. So, so as, soon, as soon as I say that, and I believe that, what happens is Dylan's power has been deconstructed. The wound has been deconstructed, I no longer have to waste time talking about Dylan and what he said to me because I didn't give him the power over me. That's why when we come under the authority of Scripture and the authority of God, it's the final say. It protects us from wounds. It actually stops the curses, the generational curses that can be formed or maybe have formed. It's a full stop. You oh, Do it your own way if you want, but you, there's a comma then. And there's a There's a continuation. So, come on, does anyone want to to put a full stop to those things that have wounded, hurt, caused trauma? You can. The gospel is the most empowering message that we have the ability to have possession of. Right, we're going to finish. And that's essentially why we have groups. We, we said from the start, we grow in groups and we do the work of the ministry and team. We're called to both. We're called to be in community. We're called to, to come together with all the fellow believers. And I, I know you're nervous about praying. I know you're afraid of speaking out loud. That's, that's okay, that's normal. We've all went through it. No one's going to force you to do anything. But, but don't let those little fears and whispers stop you from community, stop you from protection. Remember, your family's on the line, your future's on the line. Your eternity's on the line. It's really important. And then you're not just called to just sit in a group and talk about stuff and and grow spurs. The whole point of growth is to release you, to serve. Some people, we go through growth track and we learn about the gifts and and the personalities and all that stuff. And people are, there's so many people have come to me and they're blown away that they actually have something to offer. Everybody in this room has something to offer. You're great at something, Not everything, but there's one thing that you're amazing at, and that's our job as a church to find that and to release. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is alive and it's active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's why we read. So it, it helps us to correct things that are wrong. It's the only book that we read that reads us. All Scripture is God-breathed in Timothy 3 and 16. That's why it's all Scripture. How much of the Scripture? All. all of it. You know what all means in the Greek? All. All. The amount of times that, that uh, we've been at church and, and we've had a service and then somebody comes after me and says, Phil, <laughs> Phil, are we talking to somebody? Like, are we talking to my mom or... My sister, or did someone gossip about me? And I, I don't remember telling anyone about this situation, but what you were speaking about up there, it was as if you knew. And I'm just like, I have no clue. Like, no one's told me anything. I barely know your name. Um, I don't know what happened there, but, uh, but God must be using his word uh, uh, in a supernatural way that's touching your heart and maybe trying to help you to lean towards what is true and what will break you free and what will protect you. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, oh, there's a few things that came to mind that I maybe don't want to think about, but you're, you're, you're speaking to me as if you know the situation. Well, what's happening, Phil? The Bible is alive. That is what's happening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Aria Church podcast.